Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hi there, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. And before I get into the interview, I just want to remind you of this series that we're in of really a fresh perspective on different ways that we can approach our relationship with God so that it doesn't feel so formal or like the mold that it was quote unquote supposed to look like, because I want you to walk away from these episodes just with an idea of something else that you could try to freshen things up that it's not prescriptive in what you hear here, but just descriptive of what works for somebody else. And that you can glean from these other people's experiences and their wisdom um, to try new things in your relationship with God and the way that you're approaching and growing in your faith. So today I have Stephanie Palmer with me and she is a worship leader and a cancer survivor. And her specialty is really putting together beautiful worship experiences to help people encounter God's presence in a more meaningful and tangible way. So welcome to the show, Stephanie. I'm so excited to talk about worship with you today. Thank you, Emily. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So go ahead and tell me just, I like, I don't know, to humanize it a little bit more. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Stephanie. I have worked in ministry for a lot of years. Um, I I started working at camp when I was in junior high and high school, and I have probably been in ministry ever since then in some capacity, whether it's a volunteer or actually as a paid um, staff person. I worked at a church for 11 years in the youth department um, as the ministry assistant of worship, and then I moved up to the high school ministry assistant and then on to student ministries director. Um, I currently work at a children's youth home and I am the supervisor in our school there. So now I'm more of a school teacher. Um, I do relief care for the families that um, have kids in their home that are not biological kids. And so several nights a week, I have kids um, after school and through the night, and then we get up and go to school together. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of the things that I got to experience on a retreat that we were together was the worship experiences that you put together. And one of the things that you do so well 
is bringing in all five senses because worship can get really, I don't know, roped or stagnant in just doing things the way that we've always done them. And sometimes we don't even realize that it's not working until we have another experience with something that is, I don't know, outside our norm, which is one of the beauties of going on retreats in general. Um, But can you talk to us about worshiping God with all five senses? So it was actually at this church. I was hired to be the ministry assistant for worship. They wanted me to put together a student band and push them kind of towards the front. And so I was slowly working my way kind of to the background of that team. And the cool thing is, is that four years later, we hired one of the students that I had mentored. And then four years after that, we hired another student that we mentored. Um, So it was very neat to see um, just, you know, God's working in that, that ministry. I was challenged to think outside the box. Uh, For me, I grew up in a very, um, Bible believing, but conservative church, um, where you, you come to church, you sing the songs, you sit down, you listen to the sermon, you put your money in the offering plate and then you go home. And there's so much more that God wants, um, to interact with us in than just going to church and singing three songs and then coming home. And so we started just really exploring what some of the church traditions were, what some of the historical um, practices were. And I, I believe that the first thing that we did was we set up communion tables in the four corners of the room. And we told the kids during communion time, get up out of your seat, walk to the communion table and partake of the elements there and then come back when you're ready, like spend the time that you need to um, for confession or whatever. And then when you're ready, get up and go and then come back. And that was such a powerful moment for our teenagers. Now uh, this church, like our youth group was 200 high schoolers and 200 middle schoolers. So we had church (laughs) for two hours with those age groups, which was, was neat. And So with that first communion time, we just realized there's something significant significant about getting up out of your seat and moving to a different space. So then um, in one of the series, we thought, well, let's have kids respond in worship. So we just mixed up the whole thing. We did our talk at the beginning of the hour, and then we put the bulk of our worship set, our song set, after the talk, because what they were talking about, we really wanted the students to respond to. So we had a time of worship after the talk. And that was amazing because you could actually respond to God with what he had just been teaching you, what he had just been revealing in his word. Um, And so that was powerful. We put butcher paper up on the wall and we just wrote with a giant marker Jesus, I love you because dot, dot, dot. And we told the kids during the worship set, get up, go write on the butcher paper why you love Jesus. And we left that on the youth walls because it was so powerful to see all of the amazing ways 
that these kids love Jesus. And, you know, I'm an adult, so I don't think like kids. And so seeing a junior hire's response to that was just really beautiful. So from then it kind of um, transitioned into full on worship days. So we would set aside a Sunday where the entire hour was worship stations. And so we would set up several stations around the room. And sometimes we played live music. Sometimes we played instrumental music or, you know, worship music um, in the background and walked through the stations. And with this group, it was so powerful that we thought, let's do this on a Friday night. And so we had over 200 youth come to worship nights on a Friday night three or four times a year. Mm, wow. So that was just really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the beginning of the worship experiences that you put together. What yeah. did it just kind of organically grow into including all five senses and expanding that? Yes. I probably would not have been able to put my finger on, Hey, we're going to use all five senses in this. I was just trying to make it relevant and real to the kids where they were. Um, and so that is using all five senses, you know? So it just, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it mm-hmm. kind of organically came about that, okay, we want them to actually um, take their thumb and put it in an ink pad and put their thumbprint on this journal page because that is their mark and then have verses that reflect how they are beautifully, wonderfully created in the image of God. And none of those thumbprints are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you experienced the mirror. Um, that was a really powerful one. We took um, two full length mirrors and um, laid them longwise against the wall. And we just had journals laying on the floor. And we told the kids to come and just look at yourself in the mirror and see who God created you to be. And then journal a response to that. Um, the, the powerful things for this is whenever the kids can, and adults, because now I'm doing this for women's retreats and, you know, stuff. It, it did start with youth um, because they're so easy to plan for. <laughs> they, they're flexible and they're ready to try new things. And so it was a lot of fun doing that. And um so just finding finding little things that they could do to take away. Sometimes it's making a bookmark um, with mm-hmm. a verse or a word. Um, sometimes it's you know writing a word on a rock. We've we've done that before. Um, taking communion through through the stations. Um, just there there's been a lot of different ways, and mm-hmm. it's, it's neat to see how God brings those alive in, in those moments. And you can, you can see the wheels turning on the kids as they're walking through the station. Like I love to just stand back and just pray over the room as people are walking through and just see, um, you get to see them interacting with Jesus that as a worship leader standing on stage, um, leading songs, I don't get to see that. Uh, and yeah. So walking through these stations, there's there's just a vulnerability there that you mm-hmm. can see. Right. So why is it important for us to 
<laughs> do something different, like using all five senses, approaching worship in a fresh way than like you described, going to church, singing a couple songs, hearing a sermon and singing another song and we leave. I, what is, why is it so important for us to experience in a, in, in a fresh way? Because our God is living. He's not stagnant. He's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that he was and he's still back there at the was. He is and he will be. So he wants us to experience him now in this moment. And so in a couple months ago, I moved out to the farm <laughs> and I go outside in the evenings. And I just watched the cows come up to the watering hole and I watched the sunset and I, you know, piddle with my garden and I just sometimes just stand there just in awe and I don't even have words. So there's something about nature that God just fills us up. Um, If you, we took a retreat to the mountains and we went hiking and it was just so powerful to just stand there in the valley and look up to the mountain, but then also to stand up on the mountain and look down into the valley and just see um, just the amazing creation. Like our God is creative and he wants us to experience him in that creativity. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is through song, but sometimes that's in sitting on the front porch, watching your kids play in the front yard. Sometimes that's staring at a picture of art in a gallery that you wouldn't have been able to draw or paint or I'm not an artist in that way. So, <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> you know, looking, looking at the beauty of that um, just opens us up to see God's creativity. And mm-hmm. I mean, he create, created each one of us uniquely with a purpose. And so why wouldn't he want us to experience him with all five senses? Yeah. I love that. Well, of course the point that you made that God is moving and he's alive and he's a God of now, not a God of then. I mean, he's not stuck back then, but then that Mm -hmm. um, also what you say about all of these moments that can inspire worship in our hearts it's like just creating space. Like it's kind of starts with creating space for ourselves to just stand in awe, whether that is a sunset or a piece of art, or maybe it's sitting and listening to kids laugh, but whatever, whatever can inspire awe and wonder in our hearts can lead us to worship. Mm. One of the things that, that we did um, was, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right. I did not Google it to see how to pronounce it, but um, the Lectio Divina or Lectio Divina, um, it's where you read a passage and then you go back and you read it and you kind of separate it out verse by verse and you read it more slowly and then you read it again and then you pick out a word from this verse or a word from this verse. And you really meditate on that word or that phrase. um, And then you read it in its entirety again. And so it's really just taking that passage 
and letting it soak into you, um, letting God speak through the words that he is, you know, wanting you to pay attention to. Um, so there's, there's so many ways that we can mm -hmm. use all of our senses to, to impact, you know, to impact our work yeah. and time to approach it. Yeah. So like on that note, what are some ways let's, let's break it down. Let's come up with some ideas of ways that we can approach it um, with all of our senses. So if we're talking about feeling, how can we approach worship and use that sense of touch and feeling? So do you want examples of what I've yeah. done? In yeah. Some okay. ideas and maybe not. Yeah. Even ways that you've done it with the stations or just ways that people can implement in their everyday lives too. Right. Um, so specifically for touch, we did a Christmas, um, a Christmas worship experience and we labeled each station as sight, sound, um, smell, taste, and touch. And so at the site um, station, we had images on the computer of the, the nativity. And we had um, a star. Um, I had some Christmas decorations that are, you know, white and pretty and stuff like that. Like I wanted it to be very beautiful, pleasing to the eye. And so that station was just set up very um, almost elegant, elegantly. And then the smell station, we had um, a diffuser going with, um, I think I put frankincense in the diffuser. And then I had myrrh in, no, I put myrrh in the diffuser because I had frankincense um, incense. And mm. so they could smell the frankincense here and then they could smell the myrrh um, coming out of the diffuser. And then for taste, I, I kind of struggled with this one with the the nativity theme but i just made some little chocolates with some peppermint flavor in one and some cinnamon flavor in another and so they got to mm -hmm. have a little chocolate um, but the verses that were corresponding with that was that um, i think one of the verses was um, taste and see that the lord is good and so you can taste you know this chocolate and most people like chocolate so mm -hmm. it was you know the um the sound one was probably one of my favorite ones i had on my ipod um a little baby crying and or not crying like talking gurgling cooing making sounds and then on the video right next to it i had farm animal video going so you heard the farm animals and the verses were all about baby jesus and imagining what it could have been like sitting at the stable hearing a baby crying but hearing a cow mooing <laughs> at the same time right. you know like just bringing that that moment to life um and I asked the kids what their favorite station one was and they all said touch and I it kind of surprised me but um fun fact about me is I used to work at a sheepskin um company and so I actually have a sheepskin pelt um that I use as a chair chair uh, cushion. And so I brought the pelt and I laid it across the table. And then I also had a baby's blanket um, that was super soft and um, just had 
you know, some other decorative things, but I wanted them to touch the sheepskin pelt and touch the baby blanket. And all of the kids said that their favorite station was touching that sheepskin pelt. And I'm like, okay. But for them, that was really powerful. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. So not all of you, not all of you are going to have you know, a sheepskin pelt to put out, you know, to touch mm -hmm. and stuff. So what are some other things that, that you can touch that, um, would remind you of Nate of, of God and his creativity and stuff like that. So one of those ways for me is gardening. I love to get my hands down in the dirt and going out to my garden and harvesting the vegetables and, you know, just working with my hands and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. yeah. Hearing you yeah. talk about it makes me think we've kind of over spiritualized some things and then completely missed the divine in others. So like we, we think of our prayer time and our Bible reading, or even I guess communion brings in some of the taste and the touch and the tangible. And one of the reasons I think communion um, is powerful is because it's one of those things that is actually um, felt rather than reading the word, praying, something that sometimes can feel disconnected. But as you talk about these other things, there's nothing, I guess, inherently spiritual about a sheepskin or about Christmas right. ornaments or about a baby crying. But if we can put ourselves in a place of wonder and awe and, and appreciating even those, those things that we've un unintentionally deemed like not spiritual trivial yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah trivial like like trying to almost differentiate between the 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 earthy and tangible things and the, the heavenly things and to the point where we've separated ourselves from the the richness that we can experience now mm -hmm. just sitting by the ocean sitting mm -hmm. by a lake um, listening to the animals, watching the water come in time after time tells you of God's eternal promise. Hi there, friend. Here with the sponsor of today's show. I want to tell you about the one-on-one -on -one coaching spots that I have available right now to serve you and to encourage you and support you. As a spiritual mentor and a faith coach, I help you untangle the messages that you've been given about God and about yourself and decide which ones for you line up with your belief system, what you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, and then you can discard what's not serving you anymore and then build on a healthy, sturdy foundation of who God is, who you are and then create a beautiful flourishing relationship with him that is founded on his grace and truth and love without the extra expectations on your shoulders that maybe religion handed you or that you picked up from culture like this is the way a christian should be you can let those go and instead experience flourishing in your relationship with god because You've let go of the shame and the fear and the guilt that sometimes surrounds 
us trying to get it just right when it comes to our relationship with God. I can help you let go of those and replace it with freedom and love and resting in who God is and owning who he says you are. If this is something that you're even remotely interested in, that you feel kind of pulled towards, go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash coaching, and we can chat about what it would look like to work with me and get you the breakthroughs that you're looking for. Again, go to yourrelationshipwithgod.com forward slash coaching. Now back to today's episode. What are some ways that people can start to implement this? They're like, yeah, my Bible reading is a little bit dry, or I really want to experience God in a fresh way. How can we start incorporating stuff into our um, daily or weekly rhythms? Mm -hmm. I love to like whatever passage I'm studying or whatever verses are, you know, coming to mind. I like to just go find a picture that maybe depicts that time. Um, when I was healing from cancer or well, not healing when I was going through the cancer treatments, a friend of mine gave me an image, a picture of a drawing and it was the, basically the sandals and the end of the robe of Jesus and the hand reaching out to touch the robe, the hem of his robe. And her words to me were, Stephanie, this is how I see you in this journey, reaching out for Jesus, like reaching out after him. And so there are a lot of times where I just take that picture and just put it in front of me and my Bible and reflect on that. Like I want this time right now to be reaching out for him. And he didn't walk away. He turned around and he came back. So the, the experience that that woman had that day was that Jesus noticed her. So like when I take it step by step and go through, why do I sit this picture up here? There's a, you know, huge reason why I put that picture there because I want an interaction with Jesus in this moment. And it's that picture that's reminding me that I want that I want that right now. Um, For some of us, the sense of smell is really powerful. And so going and buying a bouquet of flowers and sitting it on your desk and just admiring the flowers, number one, there's beauty there, but number two, the aroma, the smell of the flowers um, can, can just aid in your time in the word putting on some worship music and just sitting back and, you know, laying on your bed and just listening, listening for the different instruments, listening for the different um, voices that may be singing in the song or the different rhythms, the different, you know, um, I think a lot of times we just hit play and it just, it's kind of in the background and we're not really listening to it. And so, you know, just taking that time to really listen, um, writing down words. Um, oftentimes I will find a song that I really love and I will just write the words in my journal because writing out those words just helps my brain to really number one, remember them. But number two, just seeing my handwriting, which I don't love, but you know, 
seeing my handwriting, writing those words, there's a beauty to that, even if, you know, maybe you don't think your handwriting is the best or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I just, I like being creative with the ways that I interact with God, with the kids. Um, today, it was totally worship driving home from school. We have an hour and 15 minute drive and the teenager sitting next to me is pouring out his heart of just some really hard things in his past and me just being able to speak over him. And, you know, that is worship of, you know, two people interacting, like all of these things God created us to reflect him and reflect his love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for those. I think that'll be something that we can pull out and be like, Ooh, this is the one that stands out to me and then go try it. And before we, and I would love if people have ideas, I would love ideas, how you connect with worship, because I am always wanting to try new things and stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And they can find you on Instagram at hope transformed. Yes. And my link is in my bio. I've got a freebie that um, just has five ways that we can use our senses in worship. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of those I mentioned here, but there's a couple more that I mentioned there. So Perfect. So before we go, I'd love people to get an idea of the, these worship experiences that you put together. Um, I know we walked through the nativity one, but if you have something to add, like um, walk us through what it looks like or what it sounds like, feels like yeah. to be in one of those worship experiences. Okay. So just imagine that you are sitting, kneeling down on the floor and you're reading a verse about God's love for you. And in the background, you hear a hammer being used, a nail being pounded into a beam of wood. Then as you get to that station, um, you write out a confession on a piece of paper and you pick up the hammer and you pick up a nail and then you nail your confession to the beam of wood shaped in the form of a cross. Then you realize your sin was why Jesus went to the cross. He took all my sin and bore it on the cross, but it didn't end there. He said, it is finished. You are forgiven because of Jesus. By his wounds, we are healed. You are free because he paid the debt that we owed. Then you move away from that station and you move on to another one. And as you read another prompt, you hear somebody else pounding a nail in the cross. You are so thankful in that moment that you are forgiven. One of my favorite verses is Zephaniah 317. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exult over you with joy. He will keep you quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Another version says he will, he will, he will rejoice over you with dancing. I never pictured Jesus as dancing over me, as shouting over me, as proclaiming joy over me. 
And so just realizing that and knowing that God sees you as so beautifully special that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross in payment of your sin. Isaiah 30, 18 says, he longs to be gracious to you and he waits on high to have compassion on you. How blessed are all who wait for him. Mm, thank you, man. Zephaniah three seventeen just gives me chills. Um, I love it so much. Thank you for your time, Stephanie. And thank you for the work that you're doing to inspire people to have a fresh encounter with God and just liven things up because it doesn't have to be stoic. It doesn't have to be something where we say, I used to have a really vibrant relationship with God 20 years ago. Like, no, we can, we can experience that closeness with him now in this season. Yes. So true. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.